So the story of the Buddha's meeting with Dipankara is addressing the beginnings of the Bodhisattva's Bodhisattva path, uh, his inspiration on seeing the Buddha, uh, his inspiration to generate Bodhicitta. And the next chapter, chapter 10, refers to another aspect of the Bodhisattva's life. Very important aspect, again another um, uh, great myth in Mahayana Buddhism, his creation of Buddha fields. Let me read you the passage. The Lord said, If any Bodhisattva would say, I will create harmonious Buddha fields, he would speak falsely. And why? The harmonies of Buddha fields. The harmonies of Buddha fields, Sabuti, as no harmonies have they been taught by the Tathagata. Therefore he spoke of harmonious Buddha fields. Again, this needs some explanation. Again, you've got a great deal of background here. One of the vows of the Bodhisattva, traditional vows, is to create a Buddha field, a Buddha Kshetra. A world in which conditions are perfect for spiritual practice. You just have to sit on your lotus, your lotus throne indeed, listening to the Buddha teach, which is just pouring forth from him. Even the birds, even the trees, even the rivers are teaching the Dharma. They're all kind of singing and whispering the sound. Impermanent, insubstantial, unsatisfactory. It's just pouring out. And everybody, of course, is in perfect harmony with one another. Spiritual progress is easy. Uh, you, just, you just take it all in and you just grow and blossom uh, in, 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 in the Dharma. Absolutely wonderful. So a Bodhisattva vows to do this. He vows uh, to create a world for people, for beings, a world of Dharma. Um, it's not just a matter of him going and talking and helping. He wants a whole environment of Dharma for people. And that's why merit is so incredibly important and why he has to accumulate such vast quantities of merit so he can make a world out of his... Uh, remember all that stuff earlier about the immeasurable quantity of merit. Well, that's so that he can create a world. And the most famous, the most celebrated example in Buddhist literature uh, of this is the, this, the myth, the story of Dharmakara. Dharmakara was a bodhisattva. He took his vows under the great Buddha Lokeshvara Raja. And he looked around the cosmos and he considered the best, the most choicest Buddha fields in the cosmos. And uh, once he'd had a good look, kind of look around at all these Buddha fields, he took the best features from each one and created, out of his merit, an absolutely wonderful, extraordinary Buddha field called Sukhavati, the happy land, the, the, the land of bliss. And he took great vows that he would not gain enlightenment uh, unless people were reborn in that great field. Um, he would not gain enlightenment unless all beings were reborn in that field. If they just said the name Amitabha a few times. Uh, there's all sorts of readings of the vow. Anyway, he did become enlightened, Amakara. He became Amitabha. And uh, so it's worked. He's fulfilled his vows. So it's going to happen. This is the tradition. You can just rely on Amitabha's vow to enter Sakavati. Very important 
powerful myth this, especially for the Shin school, and especially the Jodo Shin school in Japan, um, but just the, the, as it were, ordinary Shin school in China. Um, the point is, well, it's happened. Amitabha's in, enlightened, he's in Sakavati, the vows have worked, so all you've got to do is surrender to the vow. Surrender to the vow. Your faith, in fact, is the vow working through you. The vow of Amitabha. Some people are very, very nervous about all this. They think, oh my goodness, it just sounds like uh, uh, Roman Catholicism. And um, um, Actually, there's great depth um, to this particular teaching. I won't explore it here, but uh, it's extraordinarily uh, metaphysically and sort of mystically profound. 